Before we kick things off, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the guys over at Sports Profits. We've recently teamed up with them and they will be sponsoring our podcast from this point forward. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Clutch Picks Podcast. Season 2, Week 1 coming at you. As always, I'm your host, Corey McAndrew. I'm here with my co-hosts and friends, Nico DeLuca, Charles Giacometti, Jason Anderson. We have some changes this year, but not much. Charles has a new nickname that I refuse to say out loud. Uh, Nico and I are going to look to get back on our track with the locks of the week. Just to recap, last year in the 2021 season, Cumulatively, we went 43, 25, and 2 on our locks of the week, which is a 63.2 winning percentage. So if you're not following us, sharing with your friends, I don't know what to tell you. Obviously, don't like money. But other than that, we're going to have an action network up and running this year, all verified picks. So there's no discrepancies there. We'll have everything up for you guys, just the locks of the week we're doing. Other than that, format's going to stay the same. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. I'm not even going to give Jock a chance to say his new nickname because it's that stupid. For week one, Thursday night football, the game to kick it all off. Finally watching real football. We got the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams. Right now, Bills are minus two. Nico, run us through the stats here. What are you thinking? Um, well, last year, the Bills were five and three away, betting on the over, while the Rams were four and seven. In the last five years, the Bills are two and three covering on opening day, and the Rams are actually five and oh. I don't know why teams are very, very high in this Bills team this year. They had the fifth easiest schedule last year, and they were a 2-3 seed, which they should have easily easily been a 1 seed. I'm actually on the Rams' money line. Rams are 10-10-1 against the spread, and the Bills were 10-9 last year, just a little more to add on. Uh, yeah, I think if I had to pick a side here, I'd probably go with the Rams. Um, a lot of talk about a potential Super Bowl hangover after a terrific season the Rams completed last year. And, you know, the Bills, they really only show that they're the type of team that should get the juggernaut respect in two games, and that was in the divisional game against the Chiefs and the wild card game against the Patriots. Unless they can get it rolling more consistently and play like they did in the playoffs all regular season long, um, I think you got to run with the Rams here and maybe even take the two-and-a-half points or, or bet a money line. I just got to interject here and say, my God, does it feel good to be back. My God. God, does it feel good to have football back. And Thursday night, there will be football played on U.S. soil, and it's two great football teams playing football. Now, you could talk about spreads, totals, and everything. I don't have a play for this one, but my God, am I going to enjoy an ice-cold Miller Lite and watch spectacular football on Thursday. But I just needed to interject there and say my new nickname, Chucky T's, is excited to get back to betting on NFL football. Now, one thing I didn't mention, Jock, that I'm kind of glad you did, I think right now the over-under is at 53.5, but I'm going to stay away from it. I was on Bills earlier in the week at 2.5, and and then I talked to my friends, my co-hosts, and decided that, you know, maybe it's not the best number. Maybe there's some other things to take into consideration. Like, for example, the Bills' secondary won't be healthy. I'm not really sure what to do here. If anything, I'll probably take the Rams' money line because – 
It's coming out for the first game. The V word value, baby. I love the value plus money on the Rams. The Super Bowl champions. You got to be fucking with me. Give me the Rams. Keep your fucking points. Rams money line all day, every day. Thursday night football. Let the suck on commence. As Pat McAfee says, I'm slamming some Miller lights. Going to Buffalo Wild Wings, doing the Atomic Habanero Challenge, whatever I got to do. But I'll tell you what, I'm fired the fuck up. We're not asking for for sponsorships at Miller Lite at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're not asking for them. Maybe we are. Hold on a second here. Okay, okay, moving on. We already know what happens there. Thursday night's going to be a great time. Let's get serious again here. Next game up, we have New Orleans at the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, New Orleans is minus five and a half on away turf. The over-under is set for 42-and-a-half. Nico, give us the stats. Well, last year, the Saints were 9-8 and eight against the spread. Atlanta was 6-10-1. Was and one. I mean, I think that this Falcons team is very bad. I, I do not like – Mariota's their quarterback this year. The Saints offense actually upgraded. They got um, that rookie wide receiver, Lava, and they got Michael Thomas back. Well, hopefully he comes back. Who knows with him. And then, I mean, they got one of the best playmakers on the defense, a defensive side of the ball, which is a Tyron Matthew. I love the Saints minus five and a half here. I really do. Yeah, look, listen, I'm not going to pick a side in this game, but I do like the Saints team this year. They always play great defense, but their offensive line does concern me at times. Obviously, major upgrades at receiver, like Nico just mentioned. Not a game I'm going to throw money on, but if I had to pick a side, I'd definitely run with the Saints here. Oh, Corey, you had to do it to me. The first game, second game we talk about is my Saints. And it's an NFC divisional matchup, and these games always tend to be close. I know the Falcons are going to struggle on defense this year. Everybody knows it. And the Saints, if they could stay healthy on the offensive side of the ball, they're for sure locked to go to the playoffs. And with Winston back healthy, uh, Camaro avoiding suspension, and, and Olave Thomas, uh, the addition of Landry, which is going to be huge, another sure-handed wide receiver. I think that they're going to have the ability to win a lot of games. They'll win this game. Not too sure about the spread, but it sounds like the other two guys are pretty confident on it. So, you know, my my guess would be a future bet on the Saints to make the playoffs. Look, I don't want to sound like I'm being rash and betting every single game this week, but I'm taking Saints minus five and a half. Thursday night, obviously, I have to bet. This one, I don't really have an excuse for. I think that's a good number against the hurting Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, I think, although I do like Marcus Mariota, I think with – Michael Thomas back. Nico, I know we're, we're still kind of hesitant on that, but with no, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Olave, that's a great fucking receiving core. And they're just going to let Jameis Winston huck the football down the field. Yeah, maybe some interceptions, but we, we've also seen him throw the football well. I'm just going to take Saints five and a half here. Not really my highest play, not my lowest play, probably probably half a unit. But other than that, that's all I got too. So um, one more thing. Um, if there's an over-under for Desmond Ritter starting – I would definitely take the under. I think he's going to be starting by week four or five. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I do like Mariota, but I have seen that come up a little bit. And I know you've been really diving deep into some of the rookies. So I'll keep an eye out on that. Uh, next up, one of the games that I am most excited for, we have the Cleveland Browns at the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. Right now, Browns are plus two. So Panthers minus two opened up at three and a half. Panthers were plus three and a half. They are now minus two over-unders at 42, 42 and a half, 41 and a half at some books. Do your research, get the best number. If you're going to take it, Nico fire me up for this game. 
Well, this first stat's not going to really fire you up because I know where me and you are going with this. But Carolina last year was five and twelve against the spread, and the wow. Browns were seven and ten. The Browns' strong suit is running the football and their pass rush. The Browns were top five in rushing last year, but the Pan- the Panthers' run stop was also top ten. The pass rush wise, they have a guy named Tyler Morton, their right tackle, who's going to be lined up with Clowney or Garrett, and then they have this rookie who, I mean, we we saw him probably play half of every single preseason game. He did make a few mistakes. If though, if that rookie could hold up against Miles Garrett or Clowney, I've, I could see them covering with ease this game. I could see Panthers winning by 10 plus. Fuck the Panthers, but not this Sunday. Fuck the Panthers every other Sunday, but this Sunday. Not a lot of people like Baker. I like Baker. I think he's a baller. I think the kid can play ball when he wants to play ball. And I think on Sunday, he's going to go out there and play ball. CMC back healthy. DJ Moore, first time he's going to have an actual quarterback that's not fucking Sam Darnold, or I don't even know who was before him, some scrub throwing him the goddamn football. I'm excited. Give me the Panthers minus two. I know this is going to be a 2v2. I'm going to spoil it. This is a 2v2. We put money on it. We got 100 bucks a guy, Nico and Corey, the stat masters, versus Jock and Jason. All they go off is field. They don't give a fuck about the stats. We do. We look at the numbers. We crunch the numbers. We're like accountants over here. Panthers minus two all day, every day, twice on Sunday. You know, sometimes it's funny when you look at the storyline, the NFL offseason with the Brown drama, and it just so happens Baker Mayfield gets fucking shipped to the to the Panthers, and then, and the Browns and the Panthers are playing each other week one. So it's going to be a great game no matter what. Um, ultimately, though, I think the Browns, they have the better roster. They obviously have the advantages um, in the trenches, both sides of the ball. And it's not like Baker Mayfield is a Josh Allen-level quarterback. So it's not like he's going to take them to the – next level and just will the Panthers over a superior Browns team. And the fact that the Browns are getting two and a half points on, you'd be an idiot not to take the Browns in my opinion. For me, Baker Mayfield, it's been the same narrative with that guy's whole career. He thinks he's good and he's not. And a quote came up today saying Baker Mayfield was in quote, going to fuck them up, meaning the Browns. And every single chance Baker Mayfield has of resurrecting his career, making a name for himself, he always fucks it up. And he's going to go play his former team, and he's going to get fucking curb stomped. Because that's just the kind of guy he is. Underachiever. Colin Coward said it best. He's not a winner. He's not a, he's not that kind of guy. He's a me guy, not a team guy. So I have the Browns by a lot, not just a little bit. If they're getting points, getting points, I don't give a shit. The Browns will trample the Panthers. You could book it. Now, I wasn't sure about a lot of things coming into this podcast season, but the one thing that I knew I could count on was you giving out shitty takes one more time. Let's go, Nico. Come on, baby. Panthers minus two, 100 bucks a guy. 2v2, first 2v2 of the year. Put in the win category for us already. I mean, I, I texted Nico today as soon as you guys said that. I said, you got to be shitting me. They're just giving us money. Just giving us money. Thank you, Jock. You know, I was, I was worried. I know you got a new dog. You got a new house. I was a little worried that, that your mindset would have shifted. But, but I'm glad it hasn't. I'm glad you're still... Your same old self. I needed there's, that reinforcement. There's thing. only one. There's only one body part that grows on me, and it's not my brain. <laughs> okay, okay. We're gonna leave that there. Jesus Christ. Next up, we got Pittsburgh 
at the Bengals. Another game, which I'm so excited for. Maybe I am just an absolute degenerate because I didn't think I was betting all these games, but I guess I am. Nico, run us down. Steelers and Bengals here. We got Steelers plus six and a half over under set at 44. Not really shifting that much. I'm excited about this one too. Go ahead. I really only have one player and it's the over. My, is it 44 and a half, right? Yeah, 44 on some books now. Yeah, I have the over 44. On the last three times the Bengals have won, they have covered the over heavily, actually. So if you believe that the Bengals are win, at, win outright or even covering, I would definitely just take the over here. Now, Nico, you're saying the Bengals playing the Steelers, the over hits when the Bengals win? Yes, correct. Okay. I just want to clarify for the listeners. Of course. Yes. Yeah, so over 44, 44 and a half, 45, whatever it is, I would just take that. That's my only play for this one. So you're assuming the Bengals will win. Exactly. If you if you think the Bengals will win, will win, then you should take the over as well. So a same game parlay of Bengals money line with an alternate over. That would be that would be points, if you yes, correct. Is in Agreed. play. That's heavily in play. Okay. So that's the way I'm going for that game. Great if you dialogue. want Bengals Bengals minus two and a half and the over just straight up, or if you want to take it to forty two, Bengals minus two and a half, that's perfect. That's my play for that. And now that is my play. Good job. I have a little bit of a wrench to throw in here. I got some stats. I got some stats here. I know Bengals coming off the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Yeah, I know I took him first in my fantasy league at pick six and seven both times. I understand. But the curse is real, man. Since 2000, Super Bowl losers are 4-18 and week one coming off the spread. Not only that, but Steelers as divisional underdogs away. Not even Steelers. I'm sorry. Just divisional dogs away since 2005 are 61 and 41, which 60% good enough for me since 2014 and even better 29 and nine 76% time. The divisional underdogs since 2014 covers. Now I don't know why, but I almost made Steelers my lock of the week. I didn't Thank God you guys talked me off that ledge. I'm not sure if I'm going to bet this game, but if I did, I would either do Nico your play or Steelers plus six and a half because Tomlin is also just a dog 45, 23 and two against the spread as a lifetime dog. So what's your wrench? I like the Steelers here, man. I don't know. I just, I I feel like I know Trubisky coming in, obviously. Stats and with the wrench, there's no fucking wrench there. That's a big wrench. Are you fucking kidding me? 29. That was was a massive wrench. So so what's your play? 76. You can't have Nico's money line parlay with the over and then say, I like Steelers plus six and a half. You 100% can. What the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why why, why why not? That's a solid hedge to me based off what Nico just said. And for me to say. So, so you have two plays. Well, I don't know if I'm going to have any. I said, if I do, I'm going I'm to do one or the other. I, I still have four days to deliberate and discuss with my finest advisors, okay? I'm not going to rush into anything, but if I did, it'd be Steelers six and a half rushing in for sure. Okay. Bust them down there's, the door. There's the ranch. Next up, we have Indy at Houston. Another game I'm excited for. Obviously, a little bit of line movement already. Right now, Colts are minus seven. Opened up at seven and a half. Went up to eight and a half. Back down to seven. Over-under set at 46. Opened up at 44 and a half. So, Nico, give me the juice on this one. Well, Texans were bottom five in the run last year. And just like the Bears, in my opinion, and the Falcons, both all three of those bottom three teams did not get any better. The Colts were 7 to 10 against the spread last year, and the Texans were 8 to 9. The last, two te- the last two times these teams played, the Colts have outscored them 62 to 3. The Colts are run heavy. The Texans can't stop the run. I love the Colts here. 
Corey, I know you don't like hearing about like oh Colts, oh Colts, yeah, I like yeah. Colts, blah blah blah, but. I love the Colts in this one. Yeah, I'll be really quick. You guys know my rule. I do not bet on my team unless I'm 90% certain they're going to win or cover. I'm 95, so give me the Colts here. Give me the Colts and Chucky Teasers, Tease, or Chucky Tease, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself. I said it in public. I'm embarrassed already. I might have to do some jumping jacks after this. Colts minus seven. Easy pick for me. Last time they played, I think Colts won 35 to three. Something crazy like that. I know Davis Mills has been looking good, but not good enough. Matty Ice is going to go in there, show up. A little side play for me, Alec Pierce, anytime touchdown score. Going to be insane value on that. Kid's a stud, been showing off in rookie camp all year, picked him up in every single one of my fantasy leagues. I think he gets a red zone look at least once. He's coming down with the football. That rolls off the tongue nice, Corey. Chucky e. T's. No, but I really am excited for, for, for Damian Pierce. I watched him a little bit in preseason, and he's going to get a shot at RB1 for the Texans. He, boy, he runs the ball hard. Uh, he's going to get a shot at it, and I'm excited to see what he could do. If there's my my only play is Damian Pierce, anytime touchdown scorer, I'm excited to see what he does this year, hoping in the end zone week one. I think I would side with Houston here. I think the Colts are going to miss Matt Eberflus week one here. He's a mastermind of a defensive coordinator, and losing him, they, their defense might take a, a little bit to settle back in here. I think they're ultimately going to win the game. And uh, Shaquille Leonard, he's battling an injury. I think a, a back or something along the lines of that. So he may or not be active. And the Colts, they proved last year, you know, when they sometimes they play a shit team, sometimes they don't show up. And I'm just not going to I'm not going to ride with that type of outfit. So you're saying the underdog pick of the week is the Houston Texans over the Indianapolis Colts. My uh, my long shit. I think I texted Nico this Saturday. My long shot bet would be Houston money line. Small though, small. I don't, I don't mind that. When it was eight and a half, I would have totally stayed away from this. Obviously, I'm just playing it because it's a key number, a push essentially. I, I see in my eyes, but Jay, that's a good point. Don't Secure get me Leonard. wrong. The Colts are a good team. The Colts are going to be a good team this year. It's just they could stumble out the gate a little bit, losing Eberflus. I think he's a terrific coordinator. The Colts do I always think- start off slow too. The past five years, we've lost our opening day, I'm pretty sure. It's either four or five. Jay, you're totally right. Shaquille Leonard, I know he is questionable. I'm pretty sure he's going to play, and he has said that this is the best he's felt since his rookie year. So I'm kind of excited to see him get out there and get after it. But some definitely to look out for. You know, is that this week? Who who the fuck knows? You know, I don't I don't know. So definitely something to look to. I, I could see it happening though. You know, I, I always hate playing these teams because like you said, the Colts are notorious for playing down to their competition. Best I can hope for, you know, obviously is a win. So uh moving on, another game. Jesus Christ, I'm betting every single game. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Next game up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Washington Commanders. Correct. I almost messed up the name already. Jags are plus two and a half. I saw them at plus three, plus three and a half this morning, actually. They opened up at plus three. So, uh, Nico, I'm looking forward to this one. Give me the rundown. Washington was seven, nine, one against the spread last year, and the Jags were a whopping five and 12. So, both, the, both of these teams were obviously piss poor covering last year. The Jags just got a new head coach in Doug Peterson. Washington just got a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. It's Trevor Lawrence's second year. Who knows? To be honest with you, who the hell knows? We don't. I we we really don't know much about these two teams. I know the Jags spent a lot of money in the offseason. They they spent a lot of money on Christian Kirk, especially a wide receiver. I'm just completely staying away from this game. There's really nothing, no stats or anything that could prove me either which way. I do think the Jags will have a semi-competitive year this year, but I, we I really don't know. This this is just an up in the air one for me. 
If I had to choose a side here, I'd probably side with Jacksonville. Obviously, like Nico just mentioned, I'm just going to echo it. Um, open up the, the uh, checkbook this year. Brought in some quality players. Brandon Sheriff, the plate guard. He's been a pro bowler. Pretty sure he's been an all-pro before. Christian Kirk. And uh, I think Doug Peterson is a big upgrade. And Trevor Lawrence, he's going to take that year two jump. Show some signs of why he was the number one pick. And talked about as the greatest prospect since Sean Elway or Andrew Luck. And I think the fact that Washington's missing Chase Young is going to hurt them more than people think because he is you know, a top-ten edge player in the league. That's what I was going to go to. I was going to go to that, that defensive line, the commanders. You know, missing Chase Young, it goes into that interior line. You know, Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen are really going to have to step up in the, in the interior, and it kind of limits that pass rush a little bit. You know, there could be time for Trevor to throw. If anything, you know, ball's going in the air, points are going to be scored. Can I get a total? Total is at 44. Yeah, that's a good number. I mean, ball's going to be going in the air. I'll probably lean the over there. Not much, half unit. Just get some action on it. Banking on Trevor Lawrence back with his buddy ETN. Allow me to say one more thing. Last year, Carson Wentz, he had Jonathan Taylor and the Colts offensive front to take some weight off his shoulders and not make him drop back and win games with his arms. I don't think, obviously, for obvious reasons, that Washington's going to be able to have the same type of style of rushing attack as Indy did last year. And that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, Carson Wentz could have to do more in this offense. So I think that the Jags, they're just a smart play here. This morning, I took Jags at plus three and a half. Yesterday, I also sprinkled a little money line. Uh, Jay, I like what you're saying. I totally agree. Carson Wentz behind the Colts, one of the better, best O-lines, if I do say so myself. One of the better O-lines in the NFL. Obviously, the best active running back last year with Derrick Henry being out. And Pittman had a 1,200-yard season. I just don't think he's going to be able to produce like he did last year. And it wasn't even that good last year. So, if anything, I love the value on Jags' money line here. I think they're. I got him at plus 210 or something crazy like that. So, uh, just a little sprinkle here on half a unit. I don't mind it at all. So, next up, we have Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, the Cardinals are plus 4.5. You could get them. On BetMGM at plus six. Right now, at the time of recording, Cardinals are plus six in BetMGM. Over-unders at 54. Nico, what do you got? Cardinals were 10-8 and against the spread last year, with the Chiefs being 10-10. and The Cardinals always, weirdly, I mean, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury is always known for this, always starting off super, super hot, and then just slowly degrading towards the season. The public, for some reason, just loves betting the Chiefs. You always see the Chiefs spread starting somewhere and finishing higher than it should be. That's why the Chiefs in the past three seasons have been historically bad. They've lost more covering than they've been winning. The Cardinals are also 4-0 in the last four years covering home openers. That just says it for me. If the line's moving towards the Chiefs' way, I'm taking the Cardinals once it finishes. Probably finish by 6.5, hopefully plus 7. I know this morning uh, cards were plus 5.5. I was going to kind of introduce that maybe into my lock of the week discussion, but I don't think I will. I'm going to put him in bed MGM for plus six, but other than that, I'm not touching this game. I do like the cards. They made me a lot of money last year, but without Hopkins, Kyler Murray's got to look at Marquise Brown, who didn't really have that hot of a season last year. Uh, so I'm just think it's a little too touchy for me week one to see what he can do. I'm probably going to stay away from this one other than my plus six in bed MGM. I didn't think I had a play for this game until it kind of just dawned on me that the fact that I personally think the Chiefs are going to transition to a more 
downhill power running team this year with the departure of Tyreek Hill. I think they have a top five, top three offensive front in the entire league, and they're just going to pound away at teams and um, heavy play action pass with Travis Kelsey this year. It's not going to be your traditional fireworks show with the Chiefs this year. And, you know, obviously people like the Cardinals early on in the regular season for whatever reason, but there's no one better than Andy Reid early on in the season historically. But with all that said, my play on this game would be the under because I think we're going to see a transition of style play from the Chiefs, and I don't think the Cardinals are going to run up a track meet either. Pretty high number, too, Jay, 54. I like that a lot. Chucky Tease is giving me the go-ahead. So next up, oh, my God, another one. We have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. Line opened up at Raiders plus four. Hasn't shifted that much. Right now, Raiders are plus three and a half. Over-unders at 52 and a half. Again, hasn't moved that much. Nico, what do you got? Well, the Chargers were eight and nine against the spread last year, and the Raiders were eight and ten. Everyone knows when the last time these two teams played, that dumbass Brandon Saley, who I absolutely despise, and Jason, but Jason <laughs> loves him for some reason, called a timeout when the Raiders were just going to let the clock run out. But both these teams have gone a lot better in the offseason. The Raiders signed Devonta Adams and Chandler Jones, and the Chargers got Cleo Mack. I don't know. All I have is Devonta Adams anytime touchdown and Eckler anytime touchdown, put on a two-team for that game. Other than that, just sit back and enjoy. All these AFC West matchups are going to be awesome to watch. High-flying, so just I'm just going to sit back and watch this one. I got to come in here from the top rope and stick a knife in what Nico just said about me and uh, Brandon Staley. <laughs> I like Brandon Staley at the podium. I like the way he talks about the game and gives reasoning behind his thoughts. And for someone that enjoys to learn more about the game, I happen to enjoy that type of shit. So if he was coaching the Dolphins, I wouldn't necessarily be fucking thrilled. But his aggressive nature, going for it on fourth down, backed up in the side of his own fucking minus 20, that's good time. That's good television. And let alone he coached. He's playing Madden. He's playing he Madden. Coached a, he coached Division Three, John Carroll. You know, I root for guys like that. I mean, they have Herbert, so you might as well be aggressive. And I hate the analytical bullshit. But like I said, I like him at the podium. And believe it or not, I'm not as high as a lot of people are this year on the Chargers. I think a lot of their stars, they're proven to be injury prone, and some of them are kind of aging. And you look at this Raiders team, they added Josh McDaniels, terrific play caller. He's going to find ways to get Waller, Adams, and Renfro open all over the place. And the Chargers are going to be missing J.C. Jackson for the opening game here. The Raiders plus three and a half. I've had my eye on it for a few days now. Love it, Jason. Absolutely love it. I'm taking Raiders plus three and a half too. I think same thing you said. I think people are way too high on the Chargers this year. I, they're going to be a good football team, obviously. Okay, They have a good roster. We're not saying they're not going to be a good football team. But I think the Raiders have been undervalued. They've made some big plays in the offseason. The Raiders have been undervalued, and I think they're being undervalued in this game. Give me the Raiders plus three and a half. Derek Carr's passing touchdown, his prop for the season long is 30 and a half. That is the highest it's ever been, ever been. So obviously these guys, the, the bookmakers are looking at it the same way we are. I like the Raiders here plus three and a half. I really do. I just got to jump in real quick. A lot of people don't realize Josh McDaniels had New England. Correct me if I'm wrong as a top three scoring offense in the entire NFL last year with Mac Jones and a bunch of no-names running routes. Fuck it. It's, it's going to be a fireworks show in Las Vegas more than anywhere else, in my opinion. Shout out Division Three athletes. We love all of you. We love all Division Three athletes. We do. We do. Three of us have been Division Three athletes. 
So, Jock, you're, you're not – I mean, is, does that mean you're taking the Chargers or what here? Do no, I just... like a guy – there's a guy by the name of Steve McAndrew who's a good Raiders fan, and <laughs> and he, he likes to watch them. I enjoy watching them with him. Uh, he's a bit of a character. He plays tennis a lot. He doesn't really know much about football, but he's a good guy. He just bought a new puppy. You know, if I get the chance to watch the game with him, I'll root with him. Raiders money line. This one's for you, Steve. I hope all is well with the new puppy. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Next up, we got the New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. Nico, I know you've been kind of looking forward to this one. I have been too. I think it's going to be a good game. Actually, I'm lying. Uh, Giants right now plus five and a half. So Titans minus five and a half opened up at minus six and a half. You could get them at minus six and bet MGM uh, for the best number you can there. You get a 43 and a half for the over under. What's your hometown team here, San Nico? Um, just a little rundown. The Titans were 10 and 8 against the spread last year, and the Giants were 6 and 11. Sadly, Harold Landry is towards ACL about a week ago, but we have this guy coming in. His name is Rashad Weaver. We drafted him two years ago. He's a freaking stud. I don't see the Titans D front and their run game or their run stopping game declining at all because the Titans were number one last year with stopping the run. If the Giants can't run the ball, you're making Daniel, Daniel Jones throw the ball which every single defense absolutely loves. I've taught, I'm have i going to move the lineup to probably six and a half, that five and a half right now, just get a little more points out of it. This was going to be my lock, but I hate betting against my team. This is one of the times I'm going to bet the Titans. Say the V word, baby. Say the V word. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying anything else. Move the line for the value. <laughs> I'm not touching this game. I, I like what you're saying, but I'd feel really fucking bad if I had a bet for every single game this week. So this is the one that I'm not going to have a bet for. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the Titans make Daniel Jones throw the football because I have Kadarius Tony. I got him in like the 17th round. I'm lying. It was like the 14th round, and I'd love to see him get some points on my bench or not on my bench. I'm going to put him in my flex there. Hopefully he can throw the ball, but I think you're right. I could foresee the Titans defense running all over them. Low scoring game. He's on your bench. So admit it. Admit it. He's on maybe, your bench. Maybe, yeah, he is. Shut up, Jock. I could still change it. I got two days. Uh, maybe maybe take the 43 and a half here, if anything. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I could potentially play that if I want to. I'd have to agree with Nico and Corey. I think the Titans are the play here. And something that caught my eye the other day, I saw you know, the Giants, they just hired Brian Dable for his play-calling duties and you know what he did to Josh Allen with developing and shit like that. He's not even fucking calling the plays on Sunday. He gave the duties to someone else, which was confusing. At that point, why do you even hire the fucking guy if you're hiring for what he did with Josh Allen, his ability to call plays? So after hearing that, um, this Titans team, they were the number one seed last year. They're tough. They're well coached. And I don't think they're going to come out and get pushed around by the fucking Giants who have a young offensive front and a still young, growing quarterback who fucking blows. He's not growing. He's not growing. He's, his, he's his not, growing's he, he's, over. His growth has been stunted since he entered yes. the league. Yes. But, um, I'm growing. Puberty's over. The uh, the Titans, they definitely got to be the, the side in this one. I don't even know where the game is at. Is it in Nashville? Yes. Yeah, you definitely got to take the Titans. They're just going to ram the ball up their fucking ass on offense and then pull it out of Henry's gut and hit him over the middle, and they'll, they'll win by 10. <laughs> Chucky Tease is giving me the hand again. All right, so the next game we have up, we have Tampa Bay at Dallas. Right now, Sunday night football, okay? Tampa Bay's minus one and a half. Over-under set at 51. 50-51, you get it at 50 and a half. I don't know why you would. Nico, give us the stats. Tampa Bay was 10-9 and nine last year with covering, while Dallas was 13-5. and five. Dallas was my squad last year. 
I probably nice. bet bet them probably eight or nine times. They started off like nine and zero. Oh. I just don't bet against Tom Brady. I just I haven't for since I've started gambling. I just don't do it. I know that their off offensive line was kind of got beat up during preseason and camp and stuff. I just don't bet against them. I think the lack of weapons that Dallas has right now, Michael Gallup being injured and losing Amari Cooper, I think that's gonna really gonna hurt them. So I'm just staying away. I do think Tampa might win outright, but I'm just not into this one. Go ahead, Jay. I'm, I know you love Tom Brady. I'm kind of looking at this one as a little tune-up game for Tampa Bay. You know, a lot of people talking shit. Tom Brady, what's he doing? He's getting plastic surgery. Someone's fucking his wife. They're getting divorced. What's going on? Offensive line's banged up. He's fucked. He's going to retire after this year. I, I think this is going to be a game where you realize Dallas has no interior pass rush to push the pocket up the middle. So those guards and those interior linemen are going to be able to kind of get a, a tune-up game, like I mentioned before. They lost Randy Gregory. The Cowboys did. And, you know, the fucking Bucks. they added Russell Gage and Julio Jones. Subtract Gronk. I think Gronk was old. He wasn't himself anyways. He was more of a run blocker nowadays anyways. This was going to be my lock of the week if I didn't have my other lock. I love Tampa Bay all fucking week. And I, I think they're going to kick the living shit out of Dallas. If you don't take a money line i I mean what the fuck you doing jay i think you bring up a great point and i think it's somebody's fucking tom brady's wife oh my god above i'm not really sure how to follow that this is game i'm probably going to stay away from what the Corey? listen to me and bet fucking tampa bay on the money line i'm telling you what the fuck is holding you back the value it's shitty value man shitty value you know that it, dude, it's like minus. I got, it, I think, minus one twenty. It's stealing, dude. It's okay. Okay, stealing. hey, hey I'll, I'll make a deal with you. I'll make a deal with you. I'll, if it's under, if it's under minus one thirty, I'll put a unit on it. Did it? You, you should. I actually bet this game. Like this is my second biggest bet outside. Oh, right, you block. know what? What the fuck? Whatever. Fine, fine. Give, give me Tampa Bay money line. I don't know. The what fucking the, the Cowboys. They're <laughs> gonna try to run the ball because they have no perimeter weapons. And their offensive line is fucking mangled. It's banged up. And they're not going to be able to run the ball with them. They're going to try to throw it. And they got CeeDee Lamb. And that's fine. it. How, how the fuck fine, are they going to win the game? How are they going to win fine. the game? Fine. Fine. I got Tampa like Bay money. Line. Fine. It's like, what the fine. fuck? Okay. So this is the last game before the locks of the week. The last game before the locks of the week. One thing I want to say, don't forget, Twitter's in the bio. Follow us on Twitter. Be sure to like, subscribe. Make sure you leave us some reviews. You know, we had some from last year, but we really want to hammer down on those. Leave us some reviews. If you're making money, go ahead, tail on us. Without further ado, last game for the locks of the week, we have the Monday night football game. Denver Broncos at Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson coming back right now. Broncos minus six and a half. Over under set at 45. 44 and a half. A lot of line movement here, Nico. I saw opened up at plus four and a half for Seahawks. Over under was at 41 and a half. Both of them have exponentially grown at least 33%. What do you got? You know, not, not, nothing matters in this game. No no previous stats, no against the spreads, nothing. Nothing matters besides Russell Wilson is facing off against his former team. The Broncos got significantly better, and the Seahawks got significantly worse. They did not just lose Russell Wilson. They also lost Bobby Wagner and in, inside linebacker's position. I love – Love the Broncos here. This was, going again, one of my locks this week. I've been looking at it for a while. I already have three units on it, so love this play. Love the Broncos with the points. Eh. 
I'm on the other side. I think you're going to see an emotional Russell Wilson here come into his own old stop and grounds. And he, he's, it's going to be emotional. It's going to be tough for him to lay a beat down on that Seattle team. You saw it last year with New England when he headed into Foxborough. It's, it's just tough to, you know, stay dialed in and, you know, and torch your old buddy Pete Carroll and some of your former teammates. At the end of the day, it's going to be a small bet on Seattle with the points. I'd probably advise people to stay away from it because I think a lot of people like Denver more than they should this year. That's just my opinion on that. I talked to my, I talked to my cousin today around lunchtime who's the only Denver fan I know. He's got his own podcast, the All Madden podcast and TikTok. He does some pretty cool content creation. It's an Xbox league. Pretty cool stuff. You guys should give it a, give it a look if you can. Uh, but he gave me a rundown of the game, you know, and he kind of said what Jason said. It could be an emotional ride for Russell Wilson. And in the first half, you know, Seattle could, you know, he might hear a little booze, a little bit of cheers. Nobody really knows going into it. And they could punch him in the mouth in the first half. But, you know, what we settled on was Broncos second half. You know, how good will they respond at halftime? If they come out and punch him in the mouth, how will they respond? And the second half line right now is minus three. And I believe that the the locker room talk, if it does go the way we believe, you know, we are the Denver Broncos. We're better than the Seattle Seahawks. You know, let's go win this game. Let's go flex our muscles. So that's my only play this game. It was going to be my lock. I was locked in on it. You know, I went with another play that I really loved, but I really like the Broncos flexing their muscles in the second half of this one. And uh, I'm going to be all over the Broncos minus three in the second half. Jason said one word that I loved that I loved advise. Once I heard advise, I feel like all my own intuition, all my own gut feelings, all my own knowledge just goes out the window. When Jason says I would advise, it's like focus, pay attention to what he's going to say. I was on Denver. Ah, you know what? Fuck you. You talked me to Tampa Bay. You're not going to talk me out of this one. Denver minus six and a half. Let's fuck. What the, was it? Six and a half or seven? I don't even Who care. Cares? Who cares? You won't I chug your care. beer. You won't chug your beer, Corey. Uh, the beer's gone. I finished the beer. Oh, wow. Fuck yeah. Sorry. Fast. What can I say? Okay. It you just comes yeah. down to the fact that fucking Pete Carroll has seen Russell Wilson every day in practice for the past decade. Oh, fuck. First game with a new head coach, rookie head coach, young team. A lot of unestablished wide receivers on the Broncos. The chemistry may not be there off rip, especially, like I said, an emotional game. I'm not betting Denver on the first game here. I'm just not. Just not doing it. Nico, I'm with you. Okay, now it is time for the locks of the week. Okay, so for the first lock of the week, Nico, you're up. You've done a lot of research for week one preparing. I know that. Everyone else knows that. So when I saw this one, I was not surprised. We have San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Right now, San Fran is minus seven and minus six and a half. It's all over the place. I know that's on your side, not to spoil your play here. I know it's on your side. Over-under is at 41 and a half as well. So, Nico, give us the rundown. I have the Bears winning a total of three to four games this season. I think the Sam, the 49ers are very, very undervalued. I think their ceiling is to the moon with Trey Lance. The Bears can't stop the run. The Niners love the run. The Bears can't stop the pass. Niners can pass. The Bears offensive line is actually horrible. 
And the 49ers pass rush is very good. Their defense is very good. Everything just lines up with the 49ers here. I think this is the biggest blowout of the week one slate. I think the 49ers win 40, 42 to three. Are you going to bet correct score? Yes, I'm going to put like probably like five <laughs> bucks on it. But like, I think 42 to three or 42 to 10 is my. One thing I got to say here, I'm playing them at six and a half, Nico. You know, you've been spot on for a while. I know you. You do your research like I do, so no no reason for me to even not think about tailing you here. I'm I'm take I'm I'm going with you. San Fran, six and a half, easy play for me too. Games in Chicago, right? Correct. I'd probably side with San Francisco here, but I'm probably not gonna bet it largely, and I'll I'll tell you why. I think Trey Lance, there's been a lot of hoopla about him this offseason with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he's inconsistent, doesn't throw the best ball, his release is fucked up. And I, I think that Bears, they might have a beat on him here because he hasn't played a lot of football. And they have Matt Eberflus, the Colts' old defensive coordinator, who is an outstanding coordinator. A lot of talk about Eberflus. A lot and, of talk about him. And they could fucking disguise some looks that can give a young quarterback some fits here. And everyone knows I love Kyle Shanahan, loved him last year. So I, I wouldn't bet San Fran big here, but I am probably going to side with them. Um, San Fran's a great team. They're better – team in every single aspect of the game but um like i said Eberflus could uh have some some uh tricks up his sleeve and i love jaquan brisker on the bears defense no i liked i like the hoopla reference it's a spongebob reference i'm ready i'm ready i think trey lance is ready to be a starter in the nfl i think he's gonna win it what a what a what a game what a game to get going here what a game i mean the bears fucking suck there's no question they suck uh, and Trey Lance, you know, he's like big old fat Santa Claus in the back of the sleigh. He's he's calling all the plays. He's got the ship. And you know, he's going to kick the absolute dog shit out of the Bears. I trust Nico. Nico, great, great pick. We call this one the Merry Christmas Week 1 play. Nico, great job. I also think that the four not the – what was it, seven, eight years Jay, ago? Ho- Jay, stop. say it again. A bunch of what? A bunch of hoopla? Hoopla. Hoopla. It, 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 it's hoopla. <laughs> Because, and Nico, I know you love data and your, your shit likes to have some good shit behind it. We haven't seen anything of Trey Lance to make us say he's going to come out there and be the guy. If, if shit starts we, going we saw, we saw in the game, We saw enough of, of the Bears and what they, what they did in the offseason to trust any quarterback versus team. Well, well we're going to have to wait and see because Trey Lance, and he's got Jimmy Garoppolo peeking over his back shoulder every time he throws one in the dirt. And that could fuck with his mentals a little bit. Dude, this like gonna have said, a, this, this offense is going to have a Kaepernick look about six, seven years ago. Oh, like I said, and the Bears, they could be fucked because with Shanahan adding a running quarterback to exactly. his run game. Exactly, 100%. That, that's, that's exactly that's what crazy, I see on this. It's a crazy element. Like I said, I'm definitely on your side, but I'm not going large. That is more hoopla. Okay. Well, Jock, your lock's up next. So you can say hoopla as much as you want. No, no hoopla. Uh, okay, no hoopla for your lock. No hoopla for your lock. Okay. No. Okay, right now we have Jock's lock of the week. It is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. Line opened up at minus three and a half. It has since shifted to minus four, but you can still get minus three and a half, which I know you're already on. So we'll let you play it at minus three and a half. Over-unders at 49. Jock, give us the rundown. You know, for the first time in in my life, I don't want to say adult life because I feel like I'm not a true adult yet. I'm I'm getting into my adult life. I got HBO Max just to watch the Hard Knocks. 
And I wanted to see what the hype was. Dan Campbell, you know, he talks about grit and everything. Well, he's fucked come Sunday. You know, I'm a big fan of that Rodrigo guy for the Detroit Lions, but my fucking God, are they in for it? Four is a disrespectful number. You go up and down the depth chart. I, I think I think there might be one position where the Lions are, are better than them, than the Eagles. Uh, and I, that might be running back, DeAndre Swift. Other than that, I'll take my shot with the Eagles. And, and, and you're going to give me at least a touchdown. I'll take the Eagles twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday. It's a lock, guaranteed lock. This is the Eagles. I'm going to say it. They just got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. It looks like 2017 all over again. It's shaping up to be a Super Bowl run for the Eagles. Their old front is, is going to be nasty. Their defense is going to be you know, ball hawkish. They're going to be able to stop the run. They have veterans with a mix of young guys. And, and now it's all coming down to week one. And they have a bunch of guys that want to win against the Detroit Lions team that is just trying to double their record from last year. They want six wins. They're happy with five or six wins. Now, I know they want to talk about grit and winning and shit. It just doesn't happen. They don't have the roster. This Eagles team is ready to set the tone, and they are going to you know, send a message. And this is going to be a two-score game. I have the Eagles big in this one. Big in this one, you could lock it in, take it to the fucking bank with you, and print your receipt because it's going to be a pretty payday with the Eagles. I know Nico is going to say something that is going to maybe teeter me off this a little, but initially, Jock, um, I, I do really like this pick, especially playable at three and a half. It's not necessarily a key number. Uh, it is for the Lions if, if you're going to take the underdog here. Uh, I'm not going to steal Nico's thunder, but I know the Lions like to cover. But this game, I just don't see it. You know, Jock, I'm going to tell you, if I remember correctly, last year, your first lock you won, and then you went on a slide, okay? Not that I'm saying I hope you slide, but I hope that the trend is the same. So we get your first week lock, make some money, and then, you know, then I could start to to fade you a little bit towards the end. Corey, I'm an NFC football guy. I'm an NFC football guy, right? You have, you have veterans in there like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Co- Fletcher Cox. You add James Bradbury in there. You go out and get a, a great nickelback in Chauncey Gardner Johnson, along with Darius Slay, and then you add Hassan Reddick. I mean, this defense this defense is going to be top top ten in the league, and, and God knows what Jalen Hurts does. Miles Sanders gets going and starts scoring some touchdowns. You add AJ Brown to that offense along with Devonta Smith. I mean, they are, they are, you could take it to the bank that they're winning their division and, and they might go to the NFC championship. That's how good the, this Eagles team is. They, I, I'm sold on this Eagles team. Well, well, let's call it how it is. You know, the Eagles, they have a great roster, right? But their head coach, he's probably the least established coach that's going to be in the, in the playoffs this year. I think that's going to be the deciding factor with this team. And I think the Eagles, they are to play in this game. You know, Dan Campbell, you can talk about chewing ankles and do whatever you want. But when you're outmanned, you're outmanned. And this Lions offense last year, you watched it. They they live and die by the run to set up the pass. And with that defensive front, I mean, look at fucking Jordan Davis is a backup. He, he's a rotation player. You ain't moving him an inch. They're not going to move the ball an inch. I think the Eagles, they're, they're going to route. 
the Lions, and a lot of people are giving the Lions respect because of a fucking stupid TV show. One stupid TV show. It wasn't that good. I regret spending the whatever seven ninety nine a month. They had a great off season. You know, they they addressed their needs at defensive line. They got Nakobe Dean, and then they went out and they got veterans, and they put them in there, and they put them in the locker room. This is going to be a fucking blowout, Corey. Fuck. Well, I'm on them then. Good convincing, good discussion, good dialogue. Not that I said much, but I'm on them. Now, Nico, convince me otherwise because I know you're going to try. I mean, truly, I think the Eagles are very, very, very overvalued this year. They have like they're ranked like top ten by like NFL.com, like the tenth best team, which is actually disgusting. They had the easiest record. I mean, the easiest um, schedule last year. I mean, they do have an easy schedule this year, but I still think they're just completely overvalued. I think they might cover. They, the Lions were 11-6 last year against the spread. I bet the Lions a lot last year. I'm not going to bet against them starting the season. But I just think that the Eagles are just very overvalued. I don't think Jalen Hurts is good at all. And overvalued or overhyped? Both. Com- completely both. They're ranked 10th. I, 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 su- I suggest you go on Google and take a look at that roster then because they deserve Yeah, you're, you're basing off a roster. You always base it off yeah, roster. Yeah, they have – Top offensive line in the league, top defensive front in the league, top secondary. They in the have the, but the, the guys that they got, they always get injured. Who? That's called, what do you mean? Who? AJ Brown? Who always yeah. gets injured? Who? AJ Brown? That's yeah, AJ Brown. Yeah. That's the, that's the one guy in the offense they got, and their offense is like significantly better now for some odd reason. If you get 10 games or 12 games out of AJ Brown, you have a significant competitive advantage in every single one of those games with Devontae Smith and the best offensive yeah. front. So, but but the, people, the, the, but Jock saying that they're Super Bowl contenders now is just no, absurd. they're not Super Bowl contenders. Absurd. Okay, yeah, yes, they, they will they will win the division for sure. They are a for top sure. five, top I'd say top three roster, top three roster on paper in the yeah. entire. NFL. Okay, but they are not Super Bowl contenders. Just like, let's get that straight right now. They if are not. Sirianni sticks to the run and doesn't try to put the ball in Hurts' hand like he did all last year until he finally figured it the fuck out. They have a chance. But like I mentioned, when I first started talking about this game, Sirianni is going to be the reason this team doesn't reach a Agreed, ceiling. 100%. Agreed, agreed. But this okay. game, you, you got to go with the birds. You, you got to. But, Corey, I'll give you your one piece of information. Jared Goff is 5-0 and against the spread in, in season openers. Oh, there it is. I knew someone was going to say it. Fuck! I still got a lot of time to look at it. Still got a lot of time to look at it. Yeah, but Jock, you're you're one and zero on season opening locks too. I am, I am. So it's Take you, it it's you versus salt. Jared Goff. It's you versus Jared Goff in a knife That's fight. I, I win. I think so too. I'd agree with you, actually. Ironically, <laughs> you're you're scrappy, so I, yeah. I agree. Okay, next up, Jason, we got your lock of the week in a twist that nobody nobody saw coming. We have the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. Right now, Dolphins were three and a half. I know that's not the line. I know you had me take this a week ago when it opened up at two and a half after the preseason game, and I tailed you. Let's just put that out there. Your lock is Dolphins minus two and a half. You're playing it at three and a half as well. You played it at three today before it even got to three and a half. Over-under is 46 and a half. Nico, give us the rundown of this game. Well, first off, Jason, you will never guess who Jason's betting. No one will ever no one will ever guess who Jason's betting for his lock of the week. Last year he probably bet them seven times last year. That's why he had a losing record with the uh, the locks of the week. But go, go, Jason, who do you have this week? Well, I thought you were gonna give some relevant data, but that is relevant. Like usual, you didn't give anything relevant. This is my fucking lock, and I have good reasoning behind it. The fucking Dolphins, they added Tyreek Hill. They addressed the offensive line, they addressed the running backfield. Everyone knows. I don't even need to fucking say it. 
Patriots suck. And a little something I saw on the news today. New England traveled to South Florida early. Hmm. I wonder why. Oh, why, why are they in South Florida early? Because of the fucking weather. Like I always say, <laughs> the Dolphins, when they're home, they have a competitive advantage with the weather. And I think this line's a joke. Miami's going to – I can honestly see this being 38-10. to 10. New England has zero threats on offense. Absolutely nobody. And they lost Josh McDaniels. They had defensive coordinators and a special teams guy calling plays on offense. Bill Belichick can try to do whatever he wants, a Tyreek Hill, double him, do whatever. Because guess what? We got Jalen Waddle on the other side. We got fucking Chase Edmonds out of backfield. It's going to be ugly. And Mike McDaniel's been holding in all of his bullets all preseason. And he's going to, it's going to be a fucking avalanche on uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. Full disclosure, for the new listeners this season, Jason loves Miami weather. For those of you who didn't pick up on that, he, he loves the, the sun. Not in, not where we are in Pennsylvania, specifically in Florida. It, it, it is a, a key factor of his bets. And the one, the unique thing about it, the architect, when they designed that stadium, they made sure that the fucking sun beats right on the opposing team and the Dolphins remain in shade. It's a competitive advantage, and that's why New England is there early. Continue. Be aware for Jason's – when we talk about weather in Miami – that is what he's talking about. The sun shining at a 64-degree angle onto Bill Belichick's beak, blinding him from his play sheet, will be a competitive advantage. I was waiting for it. I know the sun's going to be beaten down. Jay, you already talked me into it, so I don't even know why I'm fucking talking. I got it at 2.5. I'm not going to play it at 3 or 3.5 because I already got my number. I also took money line as well when that was like minus 140. So let's hope uh, we make some money. Nico, do you want to add anything else? I know you kind of got bombarded a little bit there. No, I was. I mean, we talked about this probably last week. Me and Jason did. I, I'm I'm having a Dolphins too. I think I'm yeah. like two and a half, three units on them. So and they're, they're gonna and, slap the fuck. I'm t- they're gonna slap the piss out of them. The second yeah. I saw that number, I said that's the lock. It's gonna be. It could be the play of the year. To be honest with you, the year. Once they, the once year. They, once they kick the fuck out of those clowns in New England. They're going to get the respect, and you're not going to get a good number on Miami the rest of the year. I'm telling you. It, it's going to be an ass-beating. Is this, bi- is this max biased? Bet. It's a max bet. It's Holy a max bet. It's is max this bet. biased? Is this biased max bet, or is this? This is game of the year, and the season hasn't even started yet. Game of the year. I already The proof's in the pudding on FanDuel. I, I dropped a bomb, and I'm ready. I'm telling you. Game of the year. Okay. Well, without further ado, we do have a little bit. A little small section after the locks for you guys. We're going to talk about uh, divisional winners, some futures we put in. But my lock is last. This was, what, guys, what do you say, 15 minutes before we started recording? I switched it up because the number shifted just long enough to get my number in. It's still there now, so I hope you can play it. We have the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. Line opened up at Ravens minus 4.5, shifted to minus 7.5. They just dropped to minus 6. I'm sorry, minus six and a half. I'm all over Ravens minus six and a half. I probably would not play this at seven because I think it's going to be a push. Don't really have to worry about a missed kick there losing you the hook because Justin Tucker, now that I said that, watch, I just fucking jinxed myself. But Tucker's always spot on over under 44 and a half. Not touching that. Ravens minus six and a half. I'm all over it. All over it. They're on every single one of my teasers, money line parlays, everything. I'm all over the Ravens here. As soon as that number clicked, I jumped on it. So. Not much more for me to say here than Ravens six and a half. I agree. I'm on the Ravens too. I, that was going to be my one lock too. That's what I was eyeing on it. 
I think the Ravens are also very undervalued. They were really, really beat up last year. Their whole defense seemed like they just they got the injury bug. Joe Flacco's at quarterback. That's just all you really have to say. I know he, he might be better than Zach Wilson, though. Might give him that. He might be better than Zach Wilson, but I don't like this Jets team again this year for the 12th year straight. And I think the Ravens are undervalued. So Ravens six and a half all, all fucking day. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to piggyback a lot of what you guys were saying. I think this Ravens team is due for a breakout year after a down year. Lamar Jackson's he's playing on a contract year. Potentially, I'm not sure if he's going to sit out a game if they don't get it addressed prior to kickoff week one. So that's going to be something to monitor. I don't know the situation uh, 100%. And I, I said this a few weeks ago in the group chat. I like the Jets better with Joe Flacco than I do Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson can't read a defense to save his life. He's young. Joe Flacco, we all know, won a Super Bowl, and he's a great thrower of the football. And the Jets, they made some big additions on the wide receiver room and the backfield, but they lost the right tackle. And I just It's going to be an overwhelming game uh, for the Jets, and they're, they're going to take a lick in here. It's going to get ugly. Uh, I think I think the Jets will be better off with Flacco in this game. I think that the Ravens secondary got a lot better. They got healthy. They added a key piece, uh, Marcus Williams. So I think Flacco would be able to you know work better and within the offense. Uh, but if they go with Zach Wilson, it's gonna be it's gonna get ugly. Flacco gives them a better shot against that defense, but still not enough. Great pick here on the Ravens. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, well, you know, not surprised. I do, I do like it a little now that we got we kind of got a squad ride going, obviously. So that being said, Jason, you specifically requested this. Looks like let, let's do try to keep it to like a minute and a half a piece. You don't have to pick everyone. Just give us some divisional winners, a Super Bowl prediction, you know, maybe an offensive, defensive rookie. What do you got? Just run it down quick. We don't really need the reasonings. Let's just, you know, run that quick. So, Jay, go ahead. Start that off. It was your idea. Great idea, by the way. So... Uh, before the, the year starts, yeah, I agree. This was good. I think you got Micah Parsons going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's plus 1,000. I bet that. I think Tom Brady's going to lead the league in passing yards, either him or Derek Carr. I like those two for that bet. And I think Tom Brady's a good bet for the MVP. I think he's plus 1,200. I think this could be his final season, and he's got some nice guys on a perimeter to uh, throw the ball to. And especially if he's right into the sunset, potentially, the league's probably going to throw an MVP trophy at him. I like the Dolphins over eight and a half wins for obvious reasons. I'm a homer, whatever. Call it how it is. I like the Bears to have the worst record in the NFL. That's plus a thousand. I love that one. That's plus a thousand. Sprinkle a little bit of that one. And in terms of divisional overall, a lot of people, they're kind of writing off the, the Chiefs in the West and they're, they're loving the Chargers. I mentioned earlier in the show, I think the Chargers, a lot of their stars have injury history. And with the way the Chargers spend money on those stars, I'm sure their depth isn't too good. And I I think the Chargers, they could potentially fall off a cliff here a little bit. I I think the Chiefs are going to take that division this year again. I think the Chargers are going to finish towards the bottom in that division this year. And Dark Horse MVP bet of the year would be Jalen Hurts. I think the Eagles, they're going to win a lot of games this year, and if he breaks out, he could potentially win the MVP. And that's pretty much it in terms of uh, future long bets for me. I only got a couple here, so let me run through them. Dark Horse MVP bet, small, small, small. Derek Carr, I think, with Devontae Adams getting there, going back with his with his college group guys, I think Derek Carr is going to have some good looks. MVP, I mean, what, he's plus 10,000 odds I think I got him at. Obviously, Nico, not going to want to hear this. I got Colts, AFC South. 
And I got Ravens winning the division two up there. I don't think Bengals go back to back. I think Steelers give them a run for their money, but I think overall the Ravens, Jay, like you said, are due. Lamar Jackson's fighting for that fucking contract, so I got the Ravens winning that. So not much. Ravens, Colts, Dark Horse MVP candidate, and Derek Carr. I have Derek Henry to lead, lead the rushing, lead all, lead all rushers, come back, player of the year if it's allowed, Derek Henry. Titans win the division. I have one more. Oh, I have Cardinals win the Super Bowl. I like that. Ooh. Last two home teams won it. Might as well take it a third. Wow. Yeah, so for my MVP, I got Justin Herbert at plus 900. I think he's going to rack up a ton of yards. For my defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa at plus 1,000. For my comeback player of the year, I'm going to take two of them. I'm going to take my boy Jameis Winston. I wish him nothing but the best this year. Hope he takes us to the playoffs. And I'm also going to take Christian McCaffrey, NFC South native. You know, he's electric. He's plus 700. You know, great value on him. I also would sprinkle a little sum on Michael Thomas as well, plus 2,000. Hopefully he has a great year. Offense rookie of the year, I have two plays. Damian Pierce, plus 1,100. I think he's going to have a great year, along with Chris Olave. Depending on Jameis Winston, I, I hope he does well. And for the defensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson. He's the front runner, you know, elite pass rusher. He's going to be in the league for a long, long time. Saints to make the playoffs is a lock, and Eagles to win the NFC East is also a lock. I'm excited for this NFL season. I'm excited to be back with the boys. Excited for all of our listeners who's going to who are going to make money with us, and uh, I'm excited for Week One and. and Recording for week two. Wow, what 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 an outro! I mean, I don't even know what else to say besides the usual. Follow us on Twitter. You know, give us a review, leave us a review, share us with your friends. Other than that, Jock, like you said, I'm excited. Great to be back. I'm already counting down the fucking hours till kickoff Thursday night. I mean, I, I can't wait. It's good to be talking with you guys like this again. And you know, obviously, I wish you all the best. We fucking killed it last year. Knock on wood. Let's hope we do it again. All right, boys. Till next week. See ya. The Clutch Picks crew is not to be held responsible or liable for a loss of money, injury, or harm.